0: Different gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co host is part of the Philippines' number one soccer podcast, blasting out hot takes over Chocolate Mountain and the Banawi Rice Terraces, Dr. Luke gledall How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good.
1: How are you, Rich?
0: <laughs> Very Happy New good. Year. Happy New Year to you too and then everyone listening at home. Yeah. Tell you what. I'm sad to see 2020 go. What a year. I I think everyone's saying this, but it feels like one for the ages. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. So we, we, we enter 2021 uh, on a, on a bit of a positive note for Sheffield Wednesday, which is good. Um, but it's been an interesting week and I, I wonder if we're the best thing to do is just to get us onto a news footing and, uh, Tackle all the many subjects that are that are there.
2: Breaking hoo-hoo's.
0: Breaking hoo-hoo's, and I suppose the first, the biggest bit. Um, Tony Pulis has still never been relegated as a manager because the uh, the old the parachute cord was pulled very early into his Sheffield Wednesday reign. His reign of indifference is over. Uh, only lasting ten days uh so, sorry ten games uh, I think think forty six days in total, seven points from thirty and a ten percent win rate is what he walks away with. um what was your initial sort of thoughts on hearing the
2: the news, Luke? I was incredibly shocked as I think a lot of of the Wednesdayites are. um it's that whole thing of the results haven't been fantastic, you know, seven points. Out of thirty, as you said, ten percent. So one win, three draws. No, one win, four draws, five losses. So I believe there's A fifty
0: percent loss rate, you could say, to flip that win right around.
2: Exactly. Let's look at the. Let's look at those positives. Let's get those big, heavy hitting numbers on the board. Um, but again, I disappointing overall. Um, maybe we can look into that and say there were some games. That it felt a little bit harsh that we came away with nothing. Mm. Norwich being a big one of those. Um, we've also had the drama of the payers, the players not being paid. Yeah, the payers, the payers being played. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe. Um, but the players weren't paid, and <laughs> to walk away from that awkward, bad joke that didn't work, <laughs> and so it's it's just I'm very kind of conflicted. It seems a bit like, I don't know, I feel a bit, maybe a bit like a parent who's, we spent a lot of money to get a, a uh, our child a clarinet and then, I don't know, and you know, they haven't really used it and then they've decided to, um, you know, play hockey with it or something like this. Like, <laughs> it, it feels like he's made a big kind of investment in bringing Tony Pulis in. Yeah. And then not, Kind of stuck with the concept of what Tony Pulis was going to do, and uh, it's interesting because I think going into going into the press conference will cover. You know, I think I,
0: maybe yeah. in a way it sort of makes sense to talk about them both hand in hand because mm. there's bits that spill over either way, isn't aren't there? Like that's
2: that's fair. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's just been such a crazy week that you know we almost have to dissect it and kind of piecemeal it every every day that's how we that's how we managed to eat one of uh dejfond series golden elephants is uh, a piece a piece of day, isn't it rich so, concept, so i like kind of, of thought time. about talking it that way but i do see that effectively chanciri is probably very disappointed with what Pulis has delivered considering he was a man who is i i hilariously i think once saw on twitter Semi recently, maybe it was a month ago, um, but Pulis was being referred to by somebody on Twitter as the Mister Wolf of the Championship. So the yes. the cleaner character from played by it played by Harvey Keitel in yeah. uh, in Pulp Fiction, who comes along to clean up the mess. So, but he hadn't done that really. He just managed to dub some more shit in with the crime scene. <laughs> so. He, he didn't
0: put bags on his feet and just wandered through trekking all manner of filthy business through the uh, <laughs> through an already messy place. Yeah, definitely.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, moving on to uh, like talking about that in regards to the press conference, Siri um, is an interesting character for a lot of number of reasons. Um, I I kind of gravitate between two things to be very positive about Mr. Chancery and the amount of money he spent at this football club. Sometimes he seems a very trusting person. um, But also the flip side of that is sometimes I think he seems a little bit naive. Like, the picture he seemed to paint of Tony Pulis was that Pulis came in and he seemingly, from the interview for at least what Chancery is telling us, is that Pulis came in to say that he could work with these players. And then he's come in and basically, according to Chancery, turned to turned to him and said they're all terrible they're not taking my they're not taking on board anything that i need to
0: and worse than that that they won't Mm. you know i think that's what so the trick i mean the tricky thing is here there's no well one it would be nice to see the full press conference because what we're getting is second and third hand news it would be nice if there was a kind of there was a YouTube video, for instance, of this call that happened. Maybe that will get produced in time. I don't know. Because um, there are, there seems to be different readings. I don't, I think, you know, there's undoubtedly, uh, and I have to say, uh, you know, it's a million times better than I speak any other language, but undoubtedly there are. Chansuri has some issues speaking English. So you're not always getting, he's not always, and sometimes gets frustrated at his own ability to kind of come up with the phrasing that he wants to use. So sometimes, so there's kind of a level of interpretation in producing a salient news story from what tends to be quite a kind of stream of consciousness type rambly conversation he has. So you're relying on somebody else to, to do that interpretation for you. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you're doing that with an unkind eye or or with a bias in a certain direction, you could take things literally when it's clearly from the context that's not exactly what was said or not was or not what was thought. Um, and it all just be it just becomes so messy. Mm. I, there's also the fact that you know, like a novel. Do we trust the narrator? When Chansiri is the one telling the story, do we trust what he's saying? And there's a couple of things that directly have been opposed. So, for instance, in terms of um, what was paid in terms of compensation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, we've seen, well, the, the the story coming out of the the news conference was that he, that Pulis was offered a kind of mutual termination type package but refused it so we had to sack him and now in direct the pulis is now briefing that oh i would have gone for nothing or or for for less than the payout but i was refused so that seems i mean to be honest i don't really believe that tony pulis is doing things out of the good of his heart <laughs> um, I d- so, but, but by all accounts, this piece of paper was produced by Tony Pulis saying, as you say, these aren't the sort of players I can work with. They can't play my style of football. Um, and maybe you need a different manager for these type of players, which seems a wild thing to hear from such a kind of experienced old, old pro in Tony Pulis.
2: Mm. And that's <sighs> and that's kind of disappointing if that, A, if that's true. But B, I also think I thought it was purely disappointing from Pulis' time from the post-match thoughts um, and his narrative that, like, this is a huge, huge undertaking. You know, the players are doing, trying their hardest, but they're not good enough. I don't know. I But uh, another kind of frustration with with, with Mr. Chancery is you've, you know, uh, the note I've written here is snakes, which it seems a little bit, you know, I, I'm sure there's some kind of tale or some kind of story about, like, someone who didn't trust the snake and the snake bites them at the end and then the snake kind of turns around and says, I'm a snake.
0: Well, it's the f- there's the frog and the scorpion is the famous one. Right. The scorpion asking the frog to take him across the, the water and then the frog's like, but why would I do that? You're a scorpion, you'll just poison me. And then the scorpion's like, but why would I poison you? I'm going to... You know, I, I would die too. That would be a really stupid thing for me to do. And then the they, mm. the frog starts swimming with the scorpion on his back, and lo and behold, the scorpion poisons uh, poisons him. And he's like, and then says, "Well, you know, I'm a I'm a scorpion. It's what I do." But you, I know what you're talking about here with Pulis because it's by all accounts, if this is so, well, you, you, there's naivety involved that Chensiri's taken this at face value, but it's this story that Pulis has told him during the recruitment process. I can play all different styles of football, I can Mm. adapt to situations, and then, lo and behold, we get Pulis Ball, and the players don't fit Pulis Ball, and therefore that's the beginning of the end, really.
2: Yes. (laughs) And then, to play Pulis Ball, suddenly, Pulis needs... You know, would probably want to bring in, from what I feel like I'm hearing, or putting the pieces together... Players on large contracts who are typically more experienced than typically probably in their early early to mid 30s. You know, but it another we kind of conversation. We'd got um, if he's fit, wouldn't we? Probably. You know, I joked about John Obi Mikel previously. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really hoped that I would be wrong about something, but I could probably see a nominal fee going to Stoke to probably pick up some of their aging cloggers to clog up this team. Yeah. Um, but again, this is this is this is tony pulis this is what he does so i i feel it feels a bit naive to not see that this is going to be the way it's going to go
0: well that's the other that's the other you know not so much a fable more of a kind of quippy comment but you know look at what people do not what they say and regardless Mm. of what he's telling you he can do and what he you know he spent a career doing what he does He's got a very particular way about him. Everyone knows what to expect from him. And it is frankly bizarre to appoint him and expect him to do something that's not what he's always done. He's had a long... I mean, and (laughs) to be fair to Tony Pulis, a long and relatively successful career Mm -hmm. doing that one thing. But Mm -hmm. it's bizarre to sort of now bring him in and go well he told me he was going to do something different and then it
2: was so surprised that he did what he's always done right so i feel like i've probably come out with some positives for Siri. i mean that's yeah but that's a bit of a lesson of like interviewing someone for any position you know i'm sure it, you know anyone coming in is probably going to tell you all these things that they can do but and, and this is kind of maybe another kind of negative thing to branch out to which is uh, the news about another advisor coming into the club. Mm. So I'm sure, like, I don't know. What it seems to me, this situation, my reading seems to be is Mr. Chancery doesn't want to hire and have any long-term people at the club. Granted, what was it? Rim of the times of um, was it Paul Sr. who was brought into the club? Yes. And um, we had that that period of the um the the kind of director of football kind of mentality where glenn Rhoda was involved
0: we had for, for a little while the um
2: sort of danish
0: pop rockers
2: they were there yes they were telling everyone to just they were telling the wednesday players to move their feet and get excited
0: Exactly. and
2: um i, I think that's good advice but um <laughs> well, i think the, I mean, when they said be united i think that kind of caused some ruffles <laughs> well that's that was uh, the beginning of the end for them wasn't it the the end of junior senior yes
0: but yeah so we've welcomed in eric alonso Mm -hmm. alongside uh this long-standing relationship with the pax man uh, (laughs) 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 that mr chancery loves so so much
2: does he say i tell you how it's going to be it's one, one for wednesday 15 for me I'm the Paxman. Yeah, I'm the PAX man. <laughs> Um So the thing I wanted to say is like, so there's nobody like hired for a long-term vision at the club. They last about five minutes if they if they are brought in. Yeah. I see also the the lovely Catherine Mier as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Previously,
2: um, so it it's must be really appealing to bring in these advisors who probably tell you at top dollar. You know, success can be achieved for for the mere cost of. X amount of dollars, and I'm sure they're very positive people, and I'm sure they're saying very positive things to Mr. Chansiri, and I'm sure that's probably seeming a lot more positive than managers and directors of football who come in and be like, "This, you are not going to get instant success with these players in this squad no. and this identity right now." So there we go. We've got another advisor. I don't know. I, I some people. I saw some people on Twitter and talking on, you know, Al Talk and message boards, et cetera, et cetera, being like, "Oh, they, they this guy looks dodgy." I'm like, "He's no, I don't think he's any greater dodginess than than the other people who are their advisors." You know, it's it's just more of the same. You could
0: argue, I mean, if if because that's another thing that's conflicting. So the reports are that he's been on board for about a month in official capaci- in an official capacity, but then in the call. Chancery seemed to say he'd been working with him for much longer but mm. if you if if the month timeline is about right you could it, it's not out of the question to think that old uh, Paxao talks Chancery into employing his mate Tony Pulis It's clearly a disaster he never should have got the job. he's completely at odds with what Chancery's ever said about the football that we want he wants us to play um, and maybe. Mm. Maybe he gets wise and sort of thinks, do you know what? This guy will tell me anything as long as he thinks he can get away with it. So he doesn't want to upset this relationship that maybe's widely been successful for him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're gauging the success on, but maybe he no, thinks, you know, no. actually, it would be useful to have another another voice, another sounding board, another set of contacts because this is how maybe I've I've run out of amado guys um and and i've really ended up with the dregs here in in tony pulis um an expensive mistake to make presumably mm. I, I, it's interesting I, I think there's two sides to it because I, I speaking of sort of po- you know vague positives for chen siri from this situation it, it sounds like P- pulis has just done a number on us It's again a naive pulling our pants down moment because if he genuinely has, and I don't doubt, we've all been in that interview situation. Do you do such and such? Can you do such and such? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done a bit of that. Yep, 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 yep. You know, like, (laughs) an interview situation, you are a person that wants the job. Um, There are relatively few repercussions on slightly bending your real life experiences so tony pulis saying oh yeah i I play all different types of football i can play all different Mm -hmm. types of football i know how to do them um it's not massively i'm not saying this is a huge crime he's you know it's not a caper he's pulled off a heist of some sort but for chancery to have supposedly taken that at face value, i don't think it's the kind of redeeming story he thinks it is which is damning to pulis i think it's it's as damning on his. It, it's so foolish from Chancery to kind of go. Do you do other stuff? And he's gone. Oh yeah, I can. Which is like Big Sam's always told that story. Oh, if I ever got the budget, I would be. I would play us and Football. You know, he used to say yeah. that the other day when he got linked with big jobs. He never did. I mean, he got he got to be England manager with all the resources to draw on there. And do you know what? He played Big Sam football. It's what he does. Yeah. Um, so I think it's undoubtedly a canny, savvy old dog in pulis, and you know his final kind of oceans eleven style <laughs> job he does on a football club is hoodwinking this naive Thai gentleman that. He can work with the players he has. And then instantly, I'm trying to look back exactly when it happened. I think it was the second game, maybe. He started this line about lack of quality and not having what he needs and an unbalance within the squad. Um, The first game was the red card. So it was mostly moaning about the red card. That was the loss to Preston. Um, But it was from that next game, the draw against Stoke, that... Um, this this line about lack of quality and unbalance in the squad started. So you instantly do that when you get in the door. You then have a meeting with the chairman booked and your 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 notes are this I can't work with these players. If you if you keep these players you need some other manager. That is a pretty brilliant bit of just give me the money, I'll I'll leave now if you just um hand over the notes. You, <laughs> you know? Um it's really disappointing to be where we are, I think. I think the other thing that starts to feed into the just the, the Pulis situation, or Pulis situation, I'm really glad we don't need to keep talking about his name, <laughs> because I've still not decided how to say his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the other thing that feeds into that, we also need to look at the week that we've just had in terms of the results and some of the reactions on the pitch, off the pitch, you know, the the social media side of things. I think on take all the politics, take the the wage the the wages not being paid, etc et etc. Cetera, et cetera. take everything else out of the box and just look at this 10 game stint and the actions of the manager within it. although the it's ridiculously short timing, I think mm. this was a huge mistake. I think from the minute one, he was not the man for the job um, and I think I think saying to players so early on, there's no quality there's no this all this stuff about no pips no you you know to kind of almost purposefully lose the dressing room we talked about passing up these games like almost giving up on all of the games between his yeah. his start point and the January transfer window and potentially most of January as well was madness you what you should do coming in the door as Thompson and Bullen have done, I'm sure, is you G everyone up. You talk them up. You make them feel good about themselves and try and get them organised. That's all mm-hmm. you can really do. Telling everyone they're useless. Yes. When was that ever a good choice?
2: A good motivating decision, yeah.
0: And I think, well, I think the one that most sort of pointedly, after the game midweek, Windass tweeted, First half, there was so much quality, and that had been because I felt like a direct response to the fact that Pulis kept talking about how there's no quality in this squad. What we need, they're good, honest, hard workers, they're good, they're good, hard workers, they put in an honest shift, they're nice lads to work with, but there's no quality, and (laughs) that's insulting to a player. All players, all of them should have been absolutely affronted at that. So take that, like I think, <laughs> in some ways, it's not surprising and not worrying. It's good that we're correcting a terrible mistake, but then add everything else in and it's a really frightening situation for the football club to be in.
2: Yes, very much so. Um, there's a couple of things here. Go so for it. Regarding about Pulis, so I had an interesting conversation with my eldest brother Andy, who I often talk to you about football-related mm-hmm. matters. He was telling me he was listening to one day, listening to a podcast on coaching, um, which had some, you know, people who fancied themselves as top football coaches. And I I think the point which, I don't know if Andy turned off at this point, but he told me about this. (coughs) Excuse me. And I think it would be the point I'd turn off where someone who fancied themselves or was credited as a top footballing coach expert said, give me the best 11 players and I'll win you the game. That's, That's not, Surely that's not the point of coaching. No, it's not really. So <laughs> and then but it, it to, kind of To be honest,
0: th- to be honest though, what you know wide scale studies of the influence of managers and and on results show is actually that's pretty much how it works out. Like soconomics mm. there's very very few managers that outdo their wage budget. So this is probably more so i think i just i would suspect that the championship is a bit more competitive than this but in the premier league the team with the biggest wage budget wins the league almost every season mm. uh, almost without fail there's very few managers that do better than their wage budget I, at the time the books obviously aged a bit now but at the time there was only like five examples in all of the premier league years where a team had done significant like more than three positions better than their wage budget and that was Alex Mm -hmm. Ferguson and Arsene Wenger um so (laughs) weirdly a lot of football coaching is I've got these players and if they're better than the ones that they're playing against they'll they'll win strange you know strangely but then being a good manager is getting more than the sum of the parts out of your
2: exactly exactly um and another comment to kind of move on from that. So, yeah. so I mean, well, I mean, actually, sorry to just go back to that quickly. So, Pulis' kind of mentality, I think, would probably be like, I can't be bothered to coach these players. Let's just buy some more expensive ones who who get it.
0: Yes, I'm not. I'm. Re- it was a refusal to find a way, wasn't it, with the
2: team? Yeah. With the players yeah. In that. Um, some more criticisms of Chanseri, a philosophy of the club he talks about. Uh, what what philosophy do we have? It's a series of highly paid disappointments and knee-jerk reactions. If that's a philosophy of the club, then just keep carrying on hiring semi Pulis. Isn't there that
0: Latin thing? Be conscious about animals or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the WWF of um, of football clubs.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm I'm seeing this trait that um, I mean, it's interesting because I think Pulis has had. Uh, to kind of he's, well, he's had varying degrees of numbers done on him by management. Yeah. Um, for people he's brought in for the five permanent managers we've seen in the club during his reign. But the thing I want to say is, uh, why does it seem to happen that he seems to talk in these conferences a lot about criticizing the styles of management, management who he hires. I know. Like what? What? What are well, you expecting to do? Anything different? Oh, I don't like that he was playing negative, <laughs> negative, pragmatic football you hired him this is his resume this is what he does we've had more pragmatic managers than we've had kind of more attacking yes. positive
0: absolutely I, that if you want to boil down the chancery conundrum it is a man that wants absolute power with zero responsibility it's never ever his fault and yeah. the, once again it has to be said um, because I, th- I feel like if we don't talk about it, it's a, a real shame. More digs at the fans, again, as part of this. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. It's our, you know, we
2: have some blame or some fault. Yeah, but this is, this is the thing, though. It's like, it, it's kind of like, I'm in masses of debt. Your money does nothing. So how come it's so much money that, that <laughs> the Wednesday fans yeah. are spending? And, like, it really makes me incredibly not very to keep to give any money to this football club which just exacerbates the problem
0: but also there's, this thing of like you're worse than customers do you know what we are customers and you want us to be more like customers his whole you know his whole thing has been that he would like Wednesday fans to spend more money it's this weird there's no acknowledgement of the fact that fans are special or different in most of what he does but then he expects us to be like drones in our acceptance of things and our handing over of cash. So it's really baffling. Mm. You can't examine the like psychology behind the way he thinks. What does he expect from fans? Just absolute adherence and like I, I don't know. Just wholehearted, fulsome praise constantly, all the time. No word of criticism. Mm. Keep handing the money over. Even though he's made mistakes, I've made mistakes. He said his was a mistake; it's a mistake I made. But we're not—we allowed to criticize that, or we're we not allowed to criticize that. Is that you know? He is someone who's bought a business. He is not a glorious leader um, of a—you of a, know—he's he, he's not an anointed leader, a piece of royalty, or um, a godhead of a church. He's a man who's bought a business. And boo-hoo that you've lost money. It was your choice. Mm. But people who've handed over money for a service that did not get delivered to them have every right to ask for their money back. You don't get to ask for your money back. You chose to spend money on a football club, which is famously, I mean, again, to borrow a cliché, a hoary old phrase a great way to turn a small fortune, a big fortune, into a small fortune, is to buy a football
2: club. Exactly. Well, that's what Simon Jordan said. If the quickest way to become a millionaire from being a billionaire is to buy a football club.
0: So, I just don't. What, I don't mm-hmm. get this situation where we're supposed to, but you know, bow down, feel sorry. I think the tricky thing is well, there's nothing we can do as fans, unfortunately, to unseat him. He does have over this tiny tiny domain this well, corner of Sheffield he's mm. kind of got an absolute power
2: well that's an interesting thing was like he kind of said you know someone basically put the question to him you know could the fans buy you out and the answer I, I kind of read from that not exactly the words were well it could happen but I don't really want that to I think he sort of said if
0: someone makes me an offer I can't refuse he channeled his inner Don Corleone.
1: Um, is,
2: it, is it a trip to Frankie and Benny's?
0: Have <laughs> <laughs> many calzone you like? <laughs> they three for five pounds.
2: The unlimited pasta bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I feel again, like, it talks a lot about how much in debt he is, you know, how much money he's put in. But ultimately, I think the thing is like, you you know, you talked about the before the allegory of uh, chucking, chucking Pulis out the plane with a parachute. I feel like he's piloting this plane and he just might at one point just jump out of the parachute and let the plane that is Sheffield Wednesday crash into a nearby mountain.
0: But then the only one that, well, not the only one, but the one who loses the most is him in that situation. He is our, he is our major creditor.
2: I know, but I, I still feel that. I'm sorry, but I still feel that we're the ones who lose the most in this.
0: But I suppose, but the safety, our safety mechanism against that happening, he will want to take some money. I'm not saying he will... So he doesn't have a... There's nothing that necessitates him leaving us in good hands. But just simply walking away, he loses more than anybody else. It's not like we were... The situation we were in before is a bank was holding the purse strings. The situation we're in now is... It's all money owed to him, personally. Mm. So it's in his interest to make a deal with somebody, even if he ends up making a loss, it's reducing his losses. So I don't know. Like, I think it doesn't pose the same existential risk as we were in previously, Mm. with shareholders and a bank owning all of the debt. Although we have had all these weird um, movements around loans on on the ground and things like that. So... Who, who knows what position we're actually in. Uh, at the, uh. the other thing that was brought up in prospect, um, just to kind of, you know, in the interest of fullness, you know, full disclosure or full coverage of this call, um, the prospect of signing players without a manager was mentioned and sort of kind of generally, tacitly agreed to by Chancery, which really shows probably what's at the heart of lots of problems at this that, that, that have been sort of Deep rooted at this football club under his tenure, uh, the the prospect of I'll just but yeah I'll just sign some players and then the new manager can deal with them when he gets in. That's not (laughs) the way it's supposed to work.
2: (laughs) Shall we talk about the midweek match? We should, and you know, I I really want to kind of before I, I guess in a weird way it shouldn't be a surprise about the result and the comparison I wanted to give about this rich is so the fortune of the football club is largely funded by what happens on the pitch mm. which kind of goes that way i don't know if you which way you want to look in this chicken and egg situation but in the weird way it felt like everything was focused off the club on the club off the pitch yeah and it's kind of status so it just created so much little afterthought to the fact that hey we were playing a game of football it mm-hmm. reminded yes. me of when You know, to talk about that kind of link between, you know, maybe potential bad times now and definitely bad times that we had, you know, 10 years ago. Um, So it was Tuesday, November 23rd, 2010. Wednesday had a home game against Walsall. And that was the game, I remember me and you there in League One, where things looked really bad and looked really bad. And that was actually the kind of protests which led to, you know, Howard Wilkinson coming out from the players yes. entrance to yeah. kind of locate the fans and maybe unfortunately, maybe for the sake of this, uh, blessed, um, this blessed Wednesday, I, who I, I want to thank, um, for maybe being off the spot seemed to basically kind of elaborate his, uh, woes with the football club that Gary Teal had a two seater Bentley. Yes. And But that just felt a similar... It reminded me of that, because that was a thing where it's like, there's a, we're here because there's a football game, but that's not the big reason why we're all here. Yeah. And then Wednesday won 3-0.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, that was very strange, because you then got to kind of put your day-to-day fandom aside for the long-term goodness.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And I suppose, yeah, in a way this game was the two games really um very much fit into that same category yeah definitely
2: yeah there's so much distraction that it helps the players i think in a way it like it makes them the pressure's off there's no it felt like these two games of zero expectations like i think that just worked brilliantly in our favor for this game
0: i think that helps i do think having been under and know it was only 10 games but you know, a kind of draconian regime. Even even players that, on the whole, had playing under Tony Pulis moan about how bad the training was. Um, if you've got that, plus him slagging everybody off every pre- every chance he gets in press conferences, I imagine it was not a pleasant thing to be a Sheffield Wednesday player, plus not having your wages paid. You know, it's been quite a month for those those players at, at Sheffield Wednesday um and i think there was you're right there's the pressure off but i also think there was a relief there was a feeling of relief to not be playing under pulis anymore i think the play, mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels like a kind of mutual feeling that pulis did not fancy them much and they did not fancy him playing with him much either um and i think that was palpable uh i think i don't like to read too much into celebrations but <laughs> we've had basically the whole team celebrating with every goal that we've scored in the new round of things. And previous to that, it was like the one who scored can maybe kind of celebrate and everyone else just kind of got back in positions. I, I just don't think it's any fun to live as a Tony Pulis player. Training is boring <laughs> and, and a drudge. The <laughs> matches are boring and a drudge. Uh, <laughs> the meetings are boring and a drudge. Just life is just... It's gruel and mud. That's life. Um, So I I, I sort of got a sense of that as well, basically. Um, Nice to see Shaw back in that sort of pivotal role um, as the furthest forward in the midfield. Um, And there wasn't much to the first half, really. There wasn't not much flow to it. The pitch is really looking like it's struggling at the moment. Uh, Hillsborough, it's got it's garnered comments from a few visiting managers, which generally means they've not played very well, which I don't mind too much. But it's undeniably struggling under this um, this festive season of games. Um, but uh, t- took the lead at th- on thirty minutes. Palmer curling a lovely ball into the path of Patterson, and he took it down really well, held off a defender, and sort of slotted it into the far far corner past the goalkeeper.
2: I love the zigzaggy way that he kind of played it onto his left foot to kind of slide it. I, yeah. It, it was very, very classy. I must say, I mean, it, it almost looked a bit like he, he wasn't really intending it, but maybe that's kind of the magic of it. I'll be honest.
0: Yeah. And really good. I mean, it's good vision from, uh, I, I said it's a free kick. It wasn't free kick. It was an open play. I don't know why I said it was a free kick. Um, that's my note that was wrong. Rather, than, my memory is better than my notes. Uh, <laughs> it was an open play that he played the ball, but it was a really nice bit of vision from Bannon to sort of uh, from from Palmer to spot the the run and um, and great execution to play the ball into the into the right gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a similar nice nice bit of play, sort of ten minutes later. Um, Harris and Bannon were kind of bumbling around to nothing happening between them. They've kind of passed it back and forth, almost lost it a couple of times. And then suddenly Bannon just burst out of the little group of players, the little clump of players uh, with the ball at his feet with the, t- you know, you could clearly see the two power defenders wondering quite how it had happened. Um, and Bannon played this kind of inside out cross with his, uh, the outside of his left foot, uh, which found to shore perfectly uh and he just slotted it home, no fuss, no muss, into the uh, the far post.
2: Yeah, that was excellent. Just uh, especially Shaw, sure, just just doing. I'm just going to run onto this and make sure I get a bit of, you know, get a bit of myself onto this ball. That's all I need to do. Absolutely. Um, it just and to talk about like a happy camp. Um, I I want to say just it it just made my heart sing. Just how happy everybody was for Liam Shaw. Yeah, including yeah. Patson, who kind of lifted and kind of kind of humped him from behind. <laughs> kind of gave him a few kind of like uh, bumps from behind. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, that was lovely to see. And it's nice just to see it shows you that he's probably it's a lot. La- he's a lad that people like having around. Um, he doesn't seem to have much of an edge to him. He seems like a good, you know, good, hardworking lad anyway. But that just shows you that. Yeah, he's he's uh everyone was so pleased for him. It was really nice to see. Um and yeah, nice to see that togetherness in the celebration. They were, it was a bit annoying on the so I ended up um with the borough commentary. But they were really um they were going, Oh, they really went they went mad. It was like they'd been promoted when he scored. It's like but it's a young lad scoring for his hometown club, his first co- goal of his professional career. You know, I think there was enough reasons to, um, to get excited about it. I don't think it was over the top. Um, all celebrations feel a bit weird in this these ghost stadiums as they as they are at this point in time, but I don't think it was over the top. I think it was really, uh, just really lovely to see. Um, Borah had a couple of scares, probably their sort of best moments of the match, came after that second goal. Um, and the best of those fell to Wattmore. Lee's Lee's clearance kind of landed at his feet, but he didn't didn't make much of it in the end. And then there was a big ruckus at half-time. Mm. Handbags at dawn, as they say, which I think now is homophobic, but um, I don't mean it, it that
2: way. It certainly would get you fired from the BBC.
0: Yes. Uh, I'm deleting with my Twitter as we speak. But uh, it seemed to be... I don't know that... The, the, I mean, Warnock was already moaning because it's what he does. His team are 2-0 down. Moaning is his default position. Um, moaning in the situation that he's in is a kind of win-win situation because he tees himself up for his post-match rant if they lose. Um, if he manages to get under our skin or the ref skin, then he gains the benefit this game. So it's it's what he does. Uh, So he already started sniping on about a couple of things. I think that what started it was a ball going out or not going out. And he was annoyed about that. That was the first thing. And then Shaw, it was a bit of a clumsy challenge, but it wasn't too over the top. Um, But I think he kind of went down as well. It was one of those where both players looked like they got hurt in the exchange and they really didn't like that for some reason. So that was people picking on Shaw Bannon then stepped in uh, and it got to the point where Bannon was like the lone man in the wall. It was quite a distance out. So it was one of these free kicks. It was only going to go into the box. Um, Bannon was the lone man in the wall and Morsey sort of <laughs> walked out of the pile of players on the edge of the box to confront Bannon <laughs> standing uh, as as the this lone man in the wall. And then it, it continued after, uh, despite the fact they were going to different changing rooms uh, at different so different in different stands of the stadium, uh, Morsey and Bannon continued to go at it and uh, other players got involved. And it ended up with both Morsey and Bannon getting booked. And Colin getting booked for good luck as well. Neil Warnock, affectionately known as Colin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um I think the main result seemed to be that they came up came out looking fired up for the second half. We had clearly had O D on the Oranges. O D on the Oranges, yeah. I said, I said, they've come out, come out fired up. We look ready for a nap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we failed to get a ball into the box cleared. It was sort of a succession of bit, uh, bits of bad defending. Um, and more who really looked like their sort of star man throughout the game, he sort of kept his cool and, and gave them a goal very early on in the second half. And from that point, you were sort of thinking, you know, is the writing on the wall here? Is this going to be one of those?
1: Mm-hmm
0: second halves, but they seem to sort of lose their way a little bit Borough. I I know we we did well we kind of kept our shape um, very well and uh, pressed in the right areas Uh, but they just, they seem to just play it more and more around the back and take less chances, which was strange. Um, The Borough commentary team were begging for someone to larrap it from the edge of the box
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, excellent (laughs)
0: <laughs> just wish someone would absolutely larap it from the edge of the box like um <laughs> i thought dunkley really stood out in terms of a, 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 broadly a you know a good performance all round. i thought dunkley just came across as an absolute man mountain and towards the end made two fantastic tackles um ones where it looked like he'd sold himself and maybe made a mistake and but he still managed to flick a foot out, stick a, you know, and, and, uh, and move the ball on. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, such a positive performance, um, after the weirdest, you know, well, not the weirdest, because we're Sheffield Wednesday, we do this all the time, but yeah. a weird, a weird 24 hours for the players, uh, but a big, big win. What did you, anything more than that? Or do you want to, should we, should we talk about, uh, the game versus Dorbe?
2: I think we can, uh, just the final thing, It it's nice to see Matt Penny. I mean, even if he just yeah, came up with the directions to just go run, you know, just run at them, run around, run. Yes. Run, run, for God's sake, Matt, run. <laughs> Neil Thompson <laughs> grabbed Penny by the collars and shook him viciously <laughs> to say. Just get some legs on that game, you know. But yeah, I completely so you can't agree. Run
0: no more, and then run some more.
2: Other than that, you know, Shaw was fantastic. What uh, did you
0: make of? Sorry, what did you make of Izzy Brown saying um, that it was the hardest twenty minutes of his life?
2: <laughs> I don't did know. You
1: see
2: that? I don't know. But uh, Brown <laughs> Brown is looking like a player who's seemingly overwhelmed by everything going on right now. So it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a strange one.
0: <laughs> he came on and did very little. In fact. Sort of caused a few worrying moments with his kind of half-hearted defending, um, but that was the that was the hardest twenty minutes of his life. Apparently, that's a privileged life, I think. If that's the if that's the hardest twenty minutes you've ever had, but yeah, oh, yeah, sure, stood out again. He really does well in that position. He does seem to drift out of the game second half a little bit, which which happened last time he played that role. Um, but a versatile young man in that. Uh, He's played several positions for us. Seems to be pretty good at that that attacking midfield role. But his, uh, nominally, his his chosen position, his long-term home, is a centre-back. And that's where he played against Derby.
2: That's a perfect segue to talk
0: about the game today, uh, isn't it,
2: Rich? Oh. <laughs> God, it's almost like we're professional.
0: <laughs> Did you have the same kind of gulp on seeing this starting lineup as i yes, did
2: yes yes i did yes looking at that was making me think Ooh we i'm not looking forward to this game <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: dunkley out having been such an important part of this recent run of games um we found out from him himself i think that he said he had a grade mm. one tear of his hamstring so um he expects to be back for the next game thankfully but uh that combined with the fact that Westwood was also out injured uh funnily enough a man in his late 30s can't stay fit who would have thunk it who would have thunk it <laughs> and I wasn't I just wasn't sure what that would have you know it, it, most of the time you know pretty much what the team is going to look like from the players listed I really couldn't quite make it all square in my head just from seeing the list of names mm. But it turned out, by and large, it, it was a sort of four at the back. So Ardebadjo was right back. Tom Lee's right sided centre back, and Shaw slipped in uh, instead of Dunkley at left sided centre back with Palmer on, on the left left wing left back slot. Um, the, the they talked about a couple of changes of formation. So Thompson talked about changing things after five to ten minutes uh, at the end of the game, which I didn't notice hugely, to be honest. Um, hmm but there was, it felt clear that we did make some changes around half time. Uh, but that, how the, I think potentially we started off with a three up top and then it became four, four, two. I think that was probably the change that was made. Um, but we had in, in whatever semblance or, or, uh, order that they ended up playing in, uh, we had reach Harris, Bannon, Pellupesi, Patterson and Windass sort of taking up those other roles. um, but it, I think yeah, I think I think for periods it looked like Patterson was kind of the middle of a front three with Windass on the right and Reach on the left. Uh, but it wasn't. It was fair. It felt fairly fluid all along. Um, so just in terms of well, so Derby Derby have kind of found a bit of form under Wayne Rooney. They've certainly done a lot better than they were doing under the under Kaku at the start of the season, wasn't it?
2: Completely, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think from the last three before this, you know, they obviously had that, you know, when we got a very much needed, you know, three points midweek against Borough, they had like a very whopping resounding crushing of Birmingham. Yes. Three goals in the first 20 odd minutes. And and then, yeah, I mean, the last three games effectively before this one, a win, a loss and a, a win against Swansea, a 2-0 win against Swansea, which was... Which
0: is not to be sniffed at.
2: Not to be sniffed at. And that was interesting as well, because I think prior to that, I mean, a lot's been said about but I mean before that they had effectively had, let me look at this now, eight points from five,
1: mm. one
2: win and four draws for the four game five games preceding that one. So they're in pretty pretty half de- they're in pretty good form considering they had an incredibly abject start to the season. So Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe the plaudits are there and maybe the cameras are there for for the deserved anointing of Wayne Rooney and his Derby County.
0: <laughs> well, that is a, this was a game on Sky, which meant I was able to watch in Ultra HD. Ooh, <laughs> um, you can really see the uh, the mud on the pitch mm, in Ultra HD. Uh, <laughs> but Sky are obsessed with that Premier League glamour, they, any tie to the Premier League, they really, you know, go for it where, where there's a lone player from the Premier League down, down amongst the dregs in the championship. And when it's a, um, you know, a world football level star on, on Rooney scale, um, (sighs) The world, you know, the universe of, of this bit of coverage really revolved around Wayne Rooney and what he was doing, what he was saying, what did he shout, what did he do. Um, so despite not actually being on the pitch, one of the most significant bits of the coverage is uh, is old Wazza. Um, but, yeah, as you say, without, not maybe w- with some merit, you know, he, he's maybe making, a, or he's starting to make a fairly good case for himself being being the, the next manager there.
2: Um, and maybe getting a Derby County side who are typically kind of historically quite, you know, competent, competent heavyweight or middleweight within this division. You know, they've always been a very competent championship side.
0: But they're Definitely. a little bit, aren't they a little bit like, a little bit like us in that they are, they've kind of sold off. Well, we we don't sell anybody because we're a family, but um, they've <laughs> sold off some of the family silver. They have the last remnants of a kind of pretty successful team that are starting to get a bit long in the tooth
2: yes um, i think um what i'm kind of hearing about derby though was listening to the als americas they were interviewing a, a chap who covers um covers uh, the dog one of the derby podcasts and he was talking about kind of a change in mentality and looking towards kind of like a young youth scheme yes, and i yeah. also think they've probably been quite beneficial that they flogged was it two of their prominent kind of young fullbacks, Vogel yeah. and someone else, to the pigs? They also uh, lined up to have Sheffield United's pants down
1: <laughs> as part of
2: the, you know, Sheffield United's uh, seemingly the the giving charity club in Sheffield by <laughs> giving vast bundles of millions. Just just they'll send round a van full of suitcases, all full of you know wads of twenty pound notes in a very Guy Ritchie style for Did you ever, whatever whatever chaff you have to sell
0: I'm just picturing kind of um, there's been UK kind of te- make you know uh, versionings of it but um, that those kind of like American style adverts of like I'm crazy crazy Mike <laughs> I'm just imagining Chris Wilder come down to crazy Chris's by Ram Lane you got some young crap player we'll take them we'll give you more than they're worth do you want some clauses in that contract? We've got loads of them.
2: <laughs> People say I'm crazy, Chris.
0: <laughs> and that's because I am crazy. I'm Bunker's loony. Crazy Chrissies. <laughs> Come down to Crazy Chrissies. You're bound to get a good deal.
2: <laughs> I also had a funny thing midweek as well as I watched United stumble to another, you know, terrible defeat of their awful yeah. run. And I got to watch the the footage here on the which is uh, where I watched the game today. It's our Canadian sport Netflix, basically. Yeah. And uh, they had Michael Owen. I can't know. I don't know who else was either pundit. Some other kind of you know old journeyman prem, prem pundit on yeah. their coverage for their kind of footage. And he kept referring to Chrissy Chrissy Wilder. Couldn't call him Chris Wilder. It was Chrissy, Chrissy Wilder. And there was a really funny moment where he went to talk about Chris Wood after Chrissy Wilder, and he stumbled. And you could tell that, like, he just has got to call every Chris Chrissy. But no, it just had to be Chrissy Wilder. Couldn't Chrissy. be Chrissy Wood. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, sorry. That irks me. I really did irk me. Um, going on and talking about kind of uh, heavyweight dinosaurs of the game, uh, Kazim Richards was causing a lot problems, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, I thought that was a sh- I always thought uh, so. I thought that was a shrewd signing, actually. Mm. Um, weirdly, he wasn't getting played, so he'd been signed, and I think Rooney is the one that kind of brought him in out of the cold, uh, and has been largely rewarded for that. Um, but he did he did miss probably the best chance of the game today uh, mm. with his his free header on the 28th minute. Um, but he he gave Shaw as much as he could take today. Uh, I think Shaw coped manfully with it. He actually walked away with the Sky Man of the Match award, Liam Shaw, which was really mm. nice, capping off quite a week for the young chap. Um, but I think Azim Richards, he's, he's always been quick. I think he's grown into a, a full-bodied, <laughs> sort of strong centre-forward. He used to be a sort of nippy winger, didn't he? In his exactly his, uh, his youth, um, but he's he's definitely filled out and uh, and really oc- can can occupy a centre back or two nowadays. Um, I mean, it has to be said he made that chance on the twenty eighth minute as well because he, he kind of held things up and played the ball off, then gone in the box for it. But uh, thankfully, didn't didn't finish his dinner on that particular occasion. <laughs> um one thing i also noted early doors was that the apparently the ref started refing at 14 so absolute certified laugh
2: <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for the uh the the netflix queen's gambit about his refing career so
0: young how can he possibly ref <laughs> he refs beautifully I imagine that's what things can, I've not seen it's
2: it. Exactly, they all speak like that.
0: <laughs> oh, probably and, and, more Russian.
2: And there's a lot of Frankie's and Benny's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have a meatball. Have
2: another meatball. <laughs> it's all great value at the Unlimited unlimited Meatball Tuesdays at <laughs> Frankie and
0: Benny's. Uh, Frankie and Benny's the only restaurant that when the horse meat scandal happened, they were the only, they were really quick to prove that they were 100% horse meat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Me, me think the lady does protest too much maybe.
0: <laughs> but i i think um, i'm sort of it's another one of these where i've there's patches where i've made quite a few notes and patches where i haven't um so do feel free to sort of pick things well, up
2: so so you mentioned that was the, the header at the 27 minute mark wasn't it for the kazim richards header the yeah one which he spunked onto the crossbar <laughs> yes um so there's a moment of the 21st minute with Clark somehow not scoring. Yeah. As well, that was, was him on a tight angle, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think Lee's kind of knocked it out. And then they had a resulting corner. And then from that one, and that was the one which I think Adebajo blocked the header. And that was a perfect Headed
0: down into Adebayo, wasn't it? I didn't know it,
2: much it? It was. Yeah. My commentators thought it was Liam Shaw, but I thought it was. I thought it was Moses who was on the end of that one. But I I, I do want to say, uh, looking at this Derby team, uh, Byrne was taking some excellent corners
1: yes. for them. Yeah.
2: And I think they had one on the half-hour mark as well. That um, caused some issues. We kind of cleared it out, and that was one that Belik absolutely just rasped, rastical. Oh yeah, one, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was that was closed. like
0: three bad clearances in a row, wasn't it? Because it kind of like rolled mm-hmm. off somebody. Somebody else missed it, and then it just ended up getting scuffed to to him on yeah Belik on the on the edge of the box and pretty pretty big lead off because he should have he should have tucked that away really or at least hit it
2: yeah. with it. I mean, we had three, possibly four of those in the first half from Derby. It was living. Yeah, we were very, very living, living a bit
0: dangerously,
2: living a bit dangerously. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Just kind of, I guess, our points. It's kind of a litany of half chances or just a, 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 a sprinkle of a few half chances from us. Um, I thought that was great on the 18 minute mark that Harris did that bit where he slipped it around a player. And that's the one he pinged it into reach. And then we found yeah, out that,
0: that was really uh, nice. Reach,
2: Reach couldn't do the impossible from a difficult Reach,
0: situation. Rich chipped it daintily about three, three, three to six feet over the bar. Yeah, I
2: thought you, I thought you were going to say three stories over
0: the bar. That was it. Was pretty. It was pretty wild. It was pretty far off. Mm. And then, I'm just having a strange thought. Yeah. Sorry, were we? Did we? Did we play towards the away end in the second half again?
2: We did. Yes, yes, because we were we were going towards the car.
0: That's happened a couple of times recently interesting it's just an interesting thing to note because it's we always play towards the cup given the opportunity
2: well but it, um, we must have lost the, the toss but i mean it's uh
0: but then what's the benefit it's <laughs> the, the the i don't know it just seems strange oh, yeah, you are, like i always you thought it's just about sometimes it's like the light you know if it's um or the wind so if the wind is blowing really strongly towards one goal or the other, or like the light is going to make things difficult for the goalkeeper, there's a, you know, there's a, there's an, another reason to change ends. But normally I always just think the away f- team are doing it to wind the fans up. I always just thought it was kind of gamesmanship as much as anything else, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Sorry. It was, just, it's just something that kind of occurred to me. I was just thinking, cause Patterson, Well, we'll not talk too much about it, but he almost sort of went to kind of like jeer at the away fans who weren't there. It was a strange sort of thing. Uh,
2: (laughs) um, The 33-minute mark, uh, that was where Baz did another insightful kung fu chop forward, as he's been known to do. You know, I'm liking this. um, (laughs) You know, I'm really liking the martial arts that that Barry Bann's coming out with the middle of the park. There was a gorgeous overhead.
0: There was a gorgeous overhead kick in the second half. That as well. was
2: that was fantastic as well. Squisit stuff. And that's the one where Harris kind of slipped and kind of killed it with the keeper. And that, I think that was our right. that was our one shot on target for the first half. <laughs> and then I had the the whole thing. So Harris looked like he got like he went down for treatment. He got stood on, didn't he, Harris? Yeah, and it yeah. looked like I was like really worried because Harris is seemingly invincible and never gets injured. Yeah, and then suddenly. Um, Josh Windass quantum leaped into Harris's place, and then Windass was getting treatment.
0: Yeah, we, I mean Windass absolutely broke his back to get forward to, to get forward with Harris. So right. watching him, he he's at a full on sprint leaving our box and gets quicker as he gets into their half. Um, but by the time he got to their six yard box, something just went. Uh, it right. looked like it was on the right-hand side of his thigh. So it's one of those, uh, unfortunately, it looks like he's pulled or torn something because there was no contact from anybody else. It was just he was really pushing himself full tilt and something's just gone. Um, I don't, yeah, as I say, I, hopefully it's not it's not a long-term problem, but generally when somebody goes down and nobody's near them, those tend to be the ones that take the longest to get over, um, unfortunately. But it meant Kachunga got a chance to come on. And... Mm.
2: I mean, this is a really rare one for the listeners at home for their bingo cards. Uh, the lesser spotted Elias Kachunga. Um, <laughs> I imagine his number would be two terriers having a cuddle, 45, Elias Kachunga.
0: <laughs> I don't know why your career as a bingo caller never took off, Luke. Neither do I. Neither do I.
2: Yeah.
0: With your esoteric observations.
2: And then I know it as well, just to just to be on brand with that, Rich. I noticed he doubled our shot tally with a low and soft finish resembling a puddle of ice cream. <laughs>
0: um, but it's one of those where you sort of feel like it's a bit of... You can almost hear opportunity knocking uh, for someone like Kachunga. He's struggled to get a foothold in the team. He's uh, When he's come on, he's had good performances, he's had bad performances. He's almost fallen into that gap of he's had, he's had okay sub appearances and then he gets to
2: start the next game and does nothing. Um, well, I, I think it's a real joy of having, um, you know, a board of strikers is that the fifth striker is the one that you completely forget plays for you. And that's the same thing <laughs> I've had with Elias Kachunga. And I'm like, Oh yeah, <clears throat> I remember that Kalyas Kachunga was a football player who he signed in the summer.
0: <laughs> a player of some note.
2: A player of some note, a Premier League player previously. Yeah like uh, um, like his like his boy like his mate Rooney.
0: And I thought things picked up a fair bit when he came on. I thought and maybe not directly yeah. as a result of him playing, but I think our better chances then sort of came. There was B- Bannon played that nice crossfield ball to Reach and Reach. It was a pretty lofty cross into the box and it it gave Patterson a bit too much to do but again it was a kind of free header engineered a a free header in the box um and then Kachunga himself was really really well I don't know whether he was unlucky because there was there was some contact from the defender but maybe he should have scored it um Mm. on the 46th minute there was a really good free kick from Bannon Kachunga got up hung in the air beautifully at the far Mm. post but just didn't didn't get it between the sticks, unfortunately.
2: So my comment about that was just prior to that, I said Kachunga looking half decent to win the free kick and then he (laughs) countered it by heading wide from the result.
0: (laughs) Well so the commentator on Maya on the lookout for um, controversy, aren't they? So they were saying that he got his shoulder sort of tugged.
2: Right. Which is interesting because I had a diff I've got the same feed, but essentially we don't have the the big bucks to spend on, you know, more than one commentator and and this guy actually seemed (laughs) interested as opposed to Previous people have remembered or listened to games from Sky, which I watch on zone, and the one guy doing the commentary just just seemingly has 4 million other things he'd rather be doing with his target. <laughs> so the, this guy seemed to be... But he did mention that he thought he was held by the Derby player,
1: and he yeah. was adamant
2: that within the Premier League with VAR, that would be a penalty.
1: Yeah.
0: So I don't know. It's <laughs> It just felt like he should have hit the target either way, even though he was under the... Mm maybe under a bit of attack from a from a oppos- opposing player it just still felt like just felt like there was so much of the goal to hit i don't think their goalkeeper did a very good job covering and it just looked like if he'd got it in anywhere within a quarter of the goal that was directly in front of him <laughs> it would have been a goal
2: yeah but did you uh, think it was funny as well so clark went down why why did the ref let wildsmith kick the ball before blowing for half time that was, so that was that was uh, just yeah. silly very yeah. silly <laughs> did he did he learn that one at age fifteen maybe 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 oh dear
0: he's just you know as i say certified laugh who wouldn't want to hang around with a fourteen year old referee uh <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: nil nil half time uh yeah. so Wednesday have lived a semi charmed life, and we were do 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 yes.
0: <laughs> Very well. mm-hmm. oh, dear. Yeah, so, yeah semi-charmed life i think it's one of those where i don't think wildsmiths had a save to make though no but, but they, again, had, they had opportunities it's... they definitely had the better opportunities they had some good, yeah. weird, good opportunities um but it's more through their failings than anything we've done that they're not they don't have a goal or two to their name definitely um but yeah, I think I, I don't really... I've Wildsmith maybe made one save all game. There was a, a shot from distance that he kind of dealt with fairly comfortably. Um, and So this is where I noticed a bit of a change in the way we were playing. Um, I think we sort of doubled... We dedicated ourselves to more of a 4-4-2, it felt like, with Reach on one wing and Harris on the other. Um, and we were also deploying the kind of Gary Monk slash Bielsa style man marking for several members of their midfield Uh, and in particular Kachunga was sat on um I keep wanting to call him Bialystok I don't know why but Bielik, he, he was sat on him and really reduced the influence he had on the game uh they very much play through him in the way that we tend to play through Bannon they look to him all the time and he didn't like having that pressure on him he struggled to find spaces to, to keep influencing the game, and it, it really helped turn things around in our favour. Um, there was a real momentum shift in the, in the second half, particularly early doors, in large part because of that that change um, to to sit on him and stop him stop him playing. Um, we we were very narrow, though it has to be said. <laughs> there was a moment where. Um, Derby hit a cross. This is forty eighth minute. They hit, they massively overhit their cross, but because we were also we were so compact in the box, it was there was like two Derby players ready to collect it on the other side, under no pressure from from Wednesday, and that's where Sibley kind of missed another good chance that he should have taken. Mm. Um, we had the the gorgeous overhead clearance by Bannon uh, in the 49th ninth okay. minute. <laughs> um, Kachunga had another decent had a chance. Well, I think he did the best with it. It was, but from that long throw, Shaw won the flick on it, a long throw. And, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. just sort of tried to steer it towards the goal. Um, I think possibly other than, cause it, the, the best chance of the second half for Derby came a little bit after that. There was a 55th minute Forsyth played a brilliant ball across the front of our box. Sibley just missed it. So did Richards. Um, if either of them had got a touch, it was probably gonna be a goal, I think. It yeah. was a really, really yeah. good win. Forsyth also played the cross for Kazim Richards in the first half, so he's um he's quite a talent on that left peg of his. Um <clears throat> there's um we got a lovely shot of Jordan Rhodes' lats as he was yes. getting his little bra on.
2: Yeah, um, like um definitely around this Christmas period, cut to Rose looking shredded like Bruce Willie and die hard. <laughs> Should just um, come on, come on with a vest, you know. Yeah. And, and commentate that is uh, it's not it's not Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in Philly anymore. <laughs> um, but by
0: all accounts, well, so we saw him getting ready to come on. Um, it won't surprise listeners to the podcast to hear that that's a slight heart sink moment. Um, I just. I couldn't see how the game was going to change with the introduction of, of Jordan Rhodes, to be honest,
1: mm. at that
0: point. Um, but then we scored. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I can't decide whether this was a good ball in from Bannon or a bad ball in because had Palmer not flicked it up in the air, yes. it gets headed away by the, front, the first man, which categorically makes it a bad free <laughs> kick. But Palmer did flick it up in the air. We actually won four successive headers in the opposition box which i think really shows a lot of desire to get get a hold of that ball um mm-hmm. uh, so so palmer flicked it up um patterson flicked it up lees nodded it down and then patterson sort of nudged it home uh, through a big crowd of derby bodies i think there was four players and the goalkeeper that he managed to, to find a path
2: through um, yeah Ironically, quite
0: quite a road style finish.
1: Yeah.
2: That was that was lovely. What did you make of um so it was it was Shaw and Lees going for it, wasn't it? Yeah. For, that, for the header. And it seemed like uh Lees just went through the back of Shaw, basically. He he Shaw looked like he was going about to get it and then he just drooped like some kind of plant that was uh, about <laughs> to die. And then Lee's yeah, Lee's mullered it. And uh lovely. Old Patterson just got that little nudge on it just to just to deflect it past everybody and oh, like you said they were <laughs> exactly and um, four derby players got to disappointedly in slow motion despondently look at the ball uh <laughs> just uh drifting into the net it was fantastic well nil. yeah really a
0: really good finish he's had two that's four goals for him now and four at hillsborough as well yes yeah all, all at hillsborough um but also I was just looking at the bottom end of the kind of top scorers list that does he's the, 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 I think six goals gets you into 10th place. So, you know, he's weirdly not far off being like one of the top 10 scorers in the division this season Mm. Uh, for, for all the, that we've talked about him not being a natural uh, at the position he's being asked to play. Um, There's certain types of situations where he's absolutely the man for it though. And that, that, being brave, you know, the potential to get kicked in the face is pretty high in that situation, and I feel like Callum Patterson is the man you want to put, you know, if you if you're in that situation where you want somebody to kind of put their head, put their hand in the fire for you. He's gonna he's gonna have to be first to put his hands up. So uh,
2: this is funny. He's in some good company on four goals right now. Just look at the top scorers. Okay. Um, so Lal Taylor at Forest, who's maybe been a little bit disappointing there. <laughs> Uh, Sam Gallagher at Blackburn um, Britta Sambolonga who I think is maybe a little bit past it at this age I'm going to be honest yeah. uh, Troy Deeney is on four goals as well right. oh, wow! Harvey Elliott the much battered eyelashes Harvey Elliott's on four yeah. goals as is Stephen Fletcher who's on four
1: goals right. as well
0: so there you go that's intriguing um, and then uh, we had almost the th- as pleasing a sight as John uh, Jordan, Jordan Rhodes' lovely lats was uh, John Rhodes sitting back down and putting his coat on <laughs> Uh, (laughs) he sort of sat down for another 10 minutes as patterson enjoyed a a burst of energy inspired by his goal uh but he did come on in the 71st minute um i don't have really anything that happened no Mm. one until the 93rd minute uh
2: the 68th minute i've got something um, okay. To kind of add, uh, Wildsmith gave birth to another litter, litter of kittens. Oh yes. After yes. Baz gave the ball away with a complacent pass outside the box, that was that one. Which uh, was it? Shinny who hit it,
0: and he yeah. kind
2: of kind of didn't get it the first grasp, but then he managed to kind of palm it behind him to collect it. it yep. was very worrying, I must say. Oh, I mean, it's churlish
0: having kept a clean sheet to to pick too many holes, but. All game long, his kicking was pretty dire as well. Um, there must have been, I would, I would say, at least four or five kicks that just didn't make it to the halfway line. Like he was clearly going to thump it, and it just went nowhere. Um, but he did manage to control that, thankfully, and he uh, and, and he did keep his clean sheet. But I, yeah, that was that pass from Bannon was heart in mouth stuff. Mm. Um, strange and very unlike him in those situations to take those sort of risks, really. Mm-hmm. Um, my note at the 93rd minute was when that was when Kazim Richards went through on Reach. Yes. yes. And I just thought, why is Reach being so honest? He was up like nobody's, there was, he was barely down. Stay down, roll around. That could be the last kick of the game if you just take your time. <laughs> he hopped straight back up um they did have one final kind of flurry of chances uh one was a tremendous block from from harris uh they then had a penalty shout uh the ball did hit harris's hand and i know what they're saying you know this is the the fun of having a two-tier footballing system now var has produced a kind of football that we don't get to play in the EFL. Mm. Um, so people were saying, oh, well, with VAR, that would have been a penalty. I don't think it should be, though. That's the. Th- I think that's the thing. Just because VAR means that everything gets given handball-wise, I think, because you watch everything back 270 times in a minute, backwards, forwards, slowed down, and everything looks on purpose. Yeah. Um, but you can't possibly know... That came through Audabajo. It was coming, It was moving fast. It came through Audabajo's legs. So Harris would have had no time at all to react to it. And on top of that, his arm is just where our arm hangs. We are human beings with with these appendages. Just because we play the sport of football doesn't mean arms disappear. Um, it's not in a weird position. He doesn't move it to the ball. It just bounces off his arm. And I think we need to have the wiggle room of, of intention in handball's. Uh, I know that that's not the official line of the law, but the precision that VAR can apply to things like the offside rule really do start to make you question how fit for purpose the rules themselves are. Because do I genuinely gain an advantage if my armpit is half a millimetre ahead of your foot in a goal-scoring situation, or would we
2: rather just have a goal happen?
0: Mm. Did you think it was a handball? Mm.
2: I mean, it hit his hand, so... Yeah.
0: Technically Which, under the is, new rules, I think means it is, doesn't it?
2: It is. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of handballs. Do you remember do you remember the time we played Leeds on TV? And who um, was the Leeds player? It was one of the journeyman strikers who managed to do this real Superman Superman handball, like he was jumping up in the air and managed to kind of punch it out?
0: I do remember that,
2: yeah. And that was never... a. a that apparently wasn't a handball by the referees. Um, so I don't know. I'm I may be a bit cynical because we don't have we don't have that technology in play.
0: There's no plans to introduce it, is there? Yeah, at the EFL level.
2: No, but I guess the problem is then like it's mm. probably something that's probably too expensive probably probably affordable in the Championship, probably lesser affordable in Leagues One, and definitely not affordable in League Two. So yeah, but that's just... the problem. You can have obviously within the football pyramid, you can have a separate separate land, right?
0: It shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, the weirdest thing is though when you have tournaments where certain games have it and certain games don't.
2: Yes, that happened with the FA Cup, didn't it?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. That's Which that is mean. even stranger. Mm. If you get drawn away in a certain fixture, you'd have VAR, but if you were drawn at home, you wouldn't. That's <laughs> just a, a strange thing to note. And and by all accounts, it is having VAR is having an impact in the way that certain teams play. I was reading an article talking about how Liverpool, as soon as VAR was introduced, started playing a much higher defensive line um, because you rule out the kind of human error side of offside decisions. Interesting, because um, like previously, three things could go wrong with an offside: um, you, the defenders make a mistake, the ref makes a mistake, or the attacker gets it right. And if you move, remove the one where the ref makes a mistake, then it's just down to how well drilled are your defenders, um, or how good is the attacker. So if you take the if you take the gamble out of it, that it's going to be pretty rare that an attacker gets things right against you.
1: They, they hold
0: a ridiculous line now, Liverpool. They they pretty much hold the halfway line as their kind of defensive line, um, which is interesting. Really compacts the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, sorry, strange observation to the, there at the end. Um, <laughs> but that's us now, four games unbeaten, three wins out of four, and out of the bottom six for the first time this season. 10 points from 12. It's yeah. Insane. Yeah. Who and the back back-to-back We're... wins since
2: 2019. Wow. We and
0: must be... <laughs> to, while I'm doing a stat bomb, the first <laughs> time we've won three games in a row at home since April 2017.
2: Did uh, did the commentator, uh, did the Sky commentators mention, I've seen this statistic a few places, but the commentator of uh, on my feed mentioned that Wednesday were the worst team in the championship of 2020?
0: Uh, just taken as a whole. That probably does make sense, unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I did... Um... <laughs> I did sort of take a, a picture of the screen when they were showing our attacking stats for the championship this season. So fourteen goals. This is, so obviously this doesn't take into account today's game, but fourteen goals puts us joint twenty third. Um, one hundred eighty four shots is twenty fourth in the championship. Uh, Fifty five shots on target is twenty fourth in the championship. Mm-hmm. Touches in the opposition box three one seven is twenty fourth in the championship. So lots of. <laughs> That's a pretty grim reading. But it's nice to be turning back some uh, some records in, in a positive sense uh, for, for once. <laughs> um, and I uh, yeah, mentioned a great week for Shoei in that he was Sky's man of the match on top of getting his first goal midweek. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a deserved nod for him. He kept their one of their real danger men broadly quiet. I think obviously it's a different... His game in particular takes a different context if... They do a bit better with their chances. Um, Kazim Richards Richards, um, kind of left him for dead in his header, his free header chance. Uh, He sort of played Shaw a little bit there, uh, but obviously missed the chance. Uh, And and then Shaw did have a a negative role, bit of playmaking in that scramble where Harris made his tremendous block uh, because Shaw kind of rolled the ball out to a derby player to set up that shot so i think if either of those goes in we're maybe not going what a great man of the match performance but it's not that's not what happened so it, we shouldn't um you know we can't charge him with imaginary crimes this is not minority Report. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you did that thing that could that couldn't have happened that it didn't happen um I just noted that Wayne Rooney after the match said that they lost because they got bored of doing the right things. Uh which which is the of all the kind of bitter tears, that was one of the tastiest ones of late. <laughs> At least he didn't moan about the pitch. <laughs> We've decided, Luke, as a bit of a do you have any sort of final thoughts on the on the game?
2: Um here's a really small note just from just from just to kind of link it through to some previous kind of jokes. One comment I didn't make as well is um, I'd like to say I'm looking forward to the new Papa John's advert because it will have a new impeccable slice from Andrew Wisdom that happened on the 28th minute.
0: (laughs) Didn't he used to be a right back?
2: He was. Yeah. He started out, um, he's from Liverpool, isn't he? Yeah. And now he's a massive, beefy centre back. I think he's always a bit of a unit though, to be fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably, probably fair to say. Um, just interesting seeing players sort of shift around. <laughs> uh, so we've decided a bit of a change going into the new year. Um, we're not going to go through and rate every single player. Um, what we will do is we will, uh, on lovely days like today, when we have won the game of football, we will pick a man of the match and we will pick out some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, on those frustrating occasions where we where we lose the game of football, uh, we'll probably have a, we're going to have a boo boys villain of the week and uh, maybe some honourable mentions. So draw some positives if we can, um, or if there's several people that deserve a little bit of shade, we'll we will point that in their direction as well. So this dawning of a new era, Luke. Mm-hmm. Do you want to lead off with the uh, with uh, with the nomination for man of the match? <clears throat>
2: You know, this is a tough one. I think one that I think I've actually changed my decision. I think I'm going to have to go with Liam Shaw.
0: It's a good call. What was the change from?
2: The change was from Callum Patterson.
0: uh who definitely? I mean, in terms of an honourable mentions, he's got to be top of that queue.
2: Very much so. Yeah, I think that. I mean, he he did a lot of did a lot of good stuff at the end. I mean, like especially like <clears throat> to think about there was that chance from. I think from like, that kind of awkward header from Kachunga. But mm. that was like a fretted pass from Harris, which was nice to Patterson. he was dispossessed for a throw-in. And then, you know, it was one of his lovely long throw-ins. And, um, you know, Lee's got on the end of it. So I, yeah. I think there were some moments of kind of quite positive qualities. I remember, like, one of the best moves of the first half, unfortunately. Uh, it was a really great work by, uh, I think it was... Bannon Aljabajo and maybe sure or maybe someone else down by in like a, a triangle by the right after we okay. had a throw-in. Yeah. Um, Bannon switched it over quickly to Reach. Reach pinged it over and Patterson got up and basically just had it work well yeah. wide. Yeah, <laughs> so not <another> a <laughs> moment to kind of talk about in the in the terms of talking about Patterson as an honourable mention, but I I just think overall as well as scoring the goal, I think he he did enough up top. Yeah to kind of make the difference. Um, yeah, Liam Shaw sure did very well. It was a very manful piece of demanding. Him and another album mention, I think, has to go to Tom Lee's Definitely. at Sender back as well. Uh, great to see that, considering that, you know, wow, we've, uh, the partnership of Lee's and Dunkley has just been fantastic. So it's nice to see that maybe we have an alternative that we can work with for the time being.
0: Yeah. No, I, I thought that... I, th- I thought it you know, really worked amazingly well as a partnership given, <laughs> given that the sort of newness of it. But I, I thought, I thought I was sort of surprised that Shaw got man of the match on Sky. I thought he had had a good performance. He'd kept their key man up top, pretty quiet, but I thought Lee's was just, was every bit as good and obviously got an assist as well. Um, the, how intentional an assist it was, who knows? But he still had to be there. He still had to win that header. And he took control of that situation. When, as you say, who knows what Shaw would have done if he, if he nodded it in the same situation, chances are it possibly doesn't go to Patterson and not as quickly. Um, so I, th- I think, I think good shouts all around. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some nice moments from Harris, uh, but not one of his best games overall, but there was, you know, he did, he did some nice, um, work in the build-up to, to goals and chances.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and I think this is probably one of Bannon's better games of, of late. He's another yep. one that seems to be pretty positively affected by the change in management, I think. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, grand. Um, well, there we go. It's the first different gravy of 2021, and we've got Exeter up next in the Cup.
2: How uh, has there been an announcement as to how people, the good Wednesdayites of this world, can watch? Said said game against Exeter.
0: Um, I think you had to buy your tickets last January, um, and the, the 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 code to the stream will be delivered uh, by Owl. Um, mm-hmm. So you just got to look out for the scroll. They won't leave a note if you're not in when it comes. So yeah, it's a bit tricky, but um, that's just the way it's got to work nowadays. That's people think the internet like oh that, that'll make things easier, and people could buy access to a stream at the last second but no, they're wrong, they're t- stupid and wrong. is right about a lot of people, <coughs> actually I,
2: I I, mean, I was waiting for my delivery and, you know, it was funny because I was in, so, you know, i have surprised the owl to knock on the door but I thought <laughs> it was nice that I got a card to say I left it in the intestines of a nearby shrew. <laughs> that was nice
0: In a, in a pellet, or whatever the, uh, yeah Um I have no idea how how folks are supposed to watch the Exeter game. Sorry, uh, I wish I had some news, but uh, I guess
2: we'll find out on Friday.
0: But it, hopefully, a good chance to give some of those those players that don't quite get on the pitch week to week, give them a bit of a run out. Hopefully, we get to see a lesser spotted Delhi Bashiru mm-hmm. um, get some time for uh, Matt Penny, Alex Hunt. Maybe Kieran Brennan gets back in amongst things.
2: Uh, uh, Maybe a rarity of a Liam Waldog, perhaps.
0: Oof! I mean, you can get too greedy with things, but uh, maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of lineup we we put out there. I mean, the FA Cup is one of these things that sometimes we take seriously, sometimes we don't. Um, But it's it's all should be looked on as, as more money at this stage, really, if we're. If we've you know if you're somebody that's counting their losses um surely a couple more rounds in a competition that can be fairly lucrative is not no bad thing to aim for uh but it's gonna be interesting. we're in for an interesting January, I think we haven't done any speculation on the names linked to the to the to the role um that's maybe something for next week if we haven't made an appointment by then uh but who knows we seem to be linked with uh, well we seem the the odds seem to be on going for a foreign manager again um which is always a roll of the dice but then we've proven of late that picking someone that's an experienced english manager is a roll of the dice as well in many different ways so fascinating intriguing wednesday always giving us new things to talk about and think about uh even as we enter another another new year thanks very much Luke thank you Rich and uh, thanks for listening folks at home and uh, happy new year all round
1: happy Happy new year. year Thank you.